This week we're off to Nicaragua to one of my all-time favourite farms that happens to be run by some of my all-time favourite people and something a little different, a Peabree. More on that to come. My name is Steve Layton and I travel the world finding amazing and delicious coffee for you to drink at home. Some make coffee difficult to understand and complicated but here it's my job to make it easy and fun and tell you what's in my mug. So my relationship with Finca Limoncillo began way back in 2007. Uh, and back then we were just buying this coffee as uh, part of a, a buying group from the Cup of Excellence. I loved it from the first time I cupped it and it was just one of those coffees I had to make sure I get. After the auction, I actually found out at that point that it was owned by a friend, uh, a family in Nicaragua who um, I'd met on a previous trip and probably the only people at that time I knew in Nicaragua, which was kind of quite spooky. Uh, the following year, I visited the farm uh, with uh, an importer that I worked super closely with, and I spent the whole trip begging them to bring this coffee back for us. Um, they don't like to kind of work like that. They like to find their own coffees, but eventually they caved in um, just to stop me pestering them. Um, and we got that coffee in uh, 2008, um, and it worked well for a while, um, but after a couple of years, the importers, because it's not the way that they normally work, got a little bit um, fed up of it and the relationship kind of broke down. So that led to me making frantic phone calls, searching down the back of the sofa for cash, borrowing money off Roland. Um, and uh, we had to fund buying a whole 12 months and I had around about, I think it was about four weeks to get the money together. There were so many obstacles doing that deal. Uh, but we were lucky enough in 2009 to bite di directly and we've been able to do that ever since. Um, the upside of all of this is we now work directly with Limoncillo um, instead of going through somebody else uh, and it allows us to get the copies that we want and it allows me to manage the relationship uh, how I want. Um, the coffee has gone from a one-off Cup of Excellence lot to a fantastic long-term relationship, which is exactly what Cup of Excellence should and does exist for. Um, so a little bit about the farm. Limoncillo is located in Matagalpa. Um, it's 171 hectares, um, which is absolutely huge. And it's situated in an amazing location that has nine waterfalls within it um, and owned by that wonderful Maresh family. Um, they are some of the most respected producers in Nicaragua. Uh, respected because they're known for their experimental work with processing, their experimental varietal work and their exceptional coffee. Um, the fact that the whole family are friends helps me drill down into like so much detail with this farm. Uh, so I get to find out everything that I possibly want to find out. You want to know the name of the farm dog? I'll give them a call and find it out. Um, and it's just a true sign that good people uh, grow good coffee. Hello Roland Glue. Hello Stephen Layton. Any daft backs for us today? No. Oh good. Um, then that's in the past isn't it? It is, that's the past, not the future. 300 and odd daft backs you couldn't come up with anymore could you? I'm, I'm surprised I came up with that many. You did good, you did good. Do good today, so we're going to be cupping, we're going to be cupping this amazing uh, Pacamara, uh, Pacamara P uh, from Limoncillo. Um, what's it like to roast this coffee? It's not as bad as you'd think. Okay. Now, for many of these things, it's a bit about intimidation. This is a kind of coffee that looks a little bit odd, 
and it looks like it might be a little bit weird. But actually, not weird. it's beautiful to roast. Okay. So, Pacamaras tend to be quite difficult. Peabreeze tend to be quite difficult. Yeah. But this kind of thing seems to roast well. So, let's dive in and cup this. So, we've cut this before. Why would you cup? Because I've told them and they don't believe me, so they need some another grown-up to tell them. I think there's a huge number of reasons why you cup, but it's always about seeing the potential for a coffee, mm-hmm. whether that's potential when you're buying, or whether when you're roasting and you want to see what's a, what might be there. And for here, when you've got to sell it to people, you've got to tell them what it tastes like. Mm-hmm. And would you encourage people to cup at home? Oh, definitely. I did before I became got a job working for you, and it's a great way to see when you get a new coffee and you want to understand how you're going to brew it, mm-hmm. what you want to do with it, because you want to enjoy the rest of that, that bag. So yeah. 12 grams cupped at the beginning to see whether you want to brew it as a cafetiere or as a... It can also set. give you some ideas on whether you need to change your brew strengths and things, doesn't it, in the brewing. Absolutely. So I think it does have its uses there. So let's, uh, let's see what we're tasting. I think this is quite different to the Pacamara. Mm. Like, uh, I, you know, the, the Limoncillo wash Pacamara that we've had has always been kind of like a little bit hoppy and a little bit kind of... This, for me, I'm getting a spiciness, but yeah. in particular, I'm thinking like a spiced orange. Like, Absolutely. You know, like, I, well, I don't know whether you do know, but at Christmas in Sweden, they have these oranges where they put cinnamon in them and hang them from the window till they go mouldy, which is quite disgusting, really. Um, but it reminds me very much of that. That's kind of like a cinnamon spice coming yeah. through in it. And um, one and thing w- you get as well that you don't necessarily get in the, the full-size version of this... It's a great body. Mm. It has a really syrupy texture to it. It really does have some texture. And we were talking earlier about this from when we cooked it before, but the, um, the black... The black kind mm. of Blackberry. And it's blackberry coming through. And it really is there. And it's quite kind of intense in the mid-palate. Yeah, it really makes me think of like a blackberry pie. Yeah. There's that kind of stewed, sweet blackberry thing to it. And I really like the finish. For me, the finish is like grapefruits, but it's not obvious grapefruits. It's very delicate yeah. and it's almost pithy. So the, the white inside yeah. of a grapefruit, it's that kind of uh, pithiness to it, which I, I really like and I find kind of quite challenging. But actually, they all tie together quite nicely. They really do. Can you go roast some coffee though, please? Okay. Okay. Thank you. So here we are, uh, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about roasting, but I'm standing here beside a roaster that's kind of part of has-been history. Uh, I know it was in the shop last few that we've done, but I didn't mention it. So this is the first roaster that I started with uh, when I started Has Been in 2003. This was in my garage at home, and this is the foundations where it all came from. And now it's retired, uh, but it's still loved by me anyway. So I'm going to talk to you about roasting, and most importantly, roasting peabreeze. Roasting peabreeze takes a little bit more care and attention than your normal sized beans. This is because the beans are much smaller. So in the same way a different sized piece of meat will require a different cooking, uh, it's no different with coffee. Uh, and the peabree will need that same attention to detail. So add to this, um, it's a Pacamara peabree, so larger than your normal peabree. It takes double the amount of concentration. Now I know Roland's going to say that it's easier, and he kinda, but it isn't, it does take a little bit more effort. So you need a little bit slower heat at the start uh, to make sure this dense bean, oh, did I mention it's dense, by the way. Um, it normally requires a short time uh, when roasting as well. So um, how do peabreeze occur? Well, inside the coffee cherry, um, there are two pistols that come out. 
um, that normally create two seeds. Um, and that means that the flat phase is the two beans coming together and stops them shaping. But sometimes that pistol only fires once uh, with one misfiring, which means there's only a single seed inside. And with nothing to press against it, you end up with a P-shape uh, bean um, known as a P-brie. Typically around about 5% of all coffee beans harvested will have experienced this small mutation. But in some varietals it can be as high as 20%. So welcome to Steve's Fun Bag Challenge, and I'm joined this week by Nicola. Say hello to the nice people, Nicola. Hi, everybody. How long have you worked here now? <sighs> Very long. Ten years. Shh. Wouldn't get that for manslaughter. Ah, anyway, so Steve's Fun Bag Challenge is this. You have to fill the bags, mm -hmm. and you have to, including the bag, hit 250 grams. For every gram over or under, you will gain a second on top of your time. So, when you're ready, the clock starts now. So going for the uh, the steady approach here. Oh, oh, there's a little bit of uh, this is much slower than Mix was, but like maybe it's more accurate. As he was. I awful. wouldn't hold out much hope. To no, be he was terrible. Like he was the worst. That Mick. <laughs> <laughs> Nicola gets an audience for this one as well. There's interest now. Yeah. I feel popular. Today. Yeah. Oof. And done. done. So, let's weigh what we have here. That feels a little over this time. So, this one is 254. That's pretty good. That's lighter. I kind of practiced. You've been practicing. 239. Oh. Not practicing. Some in my mug subscribers, really sad. This is very light. It, oh, feels, okay. it feels light. 239 and... 201! Yeah, it felt very well. Oh, that's 49 seconds already! So we're going to do a quick total of that on the screen. And that total is... 2 minutes 14. Oh. Which puts you in a very admirable second place. No. You, you're the best loser. Okay, thanks. Okay. <laughs> Stay tuned for the next Fun Bag Challenge. This week is a very special week at Has Been Towers. We have the AeroPress Championships happening on Saturday. Um, you can get tickets to come and spectate for £1. And for £1, you'll get one free beer token. Can you buy a beer in London for a pound? No. No. It's going to be lots of fun. We are doing uh, the same coffee but different processes for the competition and the winner will automatically go through to the finals in that day in London where you won't be able to get your beer for a pound. But I'm going to make an AeroPress in honour of this and to remind me how to do it, here's the brew guide. Hello and welcome to the Has Been Coffee Brewing Guide. My name is Stephen Layton and today we're going to be looking at the AeroPress. The AeroPress is a relatively new method, but also one of the most rewarding. Let's make sure you have everything that you're going to need. The AeroPress, a kettle, some freshly roasted beans, scales, a grinder, and a cup. Step one, boil the kettle. Step two, I recommend using 17 grams of beans, 
but if you don't have scales, why not? Step 3. Grind the coffee to the texture of coarse sand. If you're buying pre-ground coffee, I'm a bit disappointed in you, but buy the filter style of grind. Step 4. Invert the Aeropress. This is the easiest way of brewing Aeropress coffee. Step 5. Soak the filter paper with hot water. Paper tastes nasty. Step 6. Put the ground coffee in the chamber, followed by the 80 to 85 degree water, three quarters full. Step 7. Stir for 10 seconds. Gotta be 10 seconds. Step 8. Leave for 30 seconds to brew, then screw on the filter cap. Step 9. Heat the cup. Cold cup, cold coffee. Step 10. Invert the Aeropress onto the top of the cup. Be careful not to spill it. Step 11. Gently push the plunger down. Don't break that cup. Step 12. Aeropress coffee is really strong. Dilute two parts water to one part Aeropress brew. I hope that you found this guide really useful and I hope that it's also going to help you get the very best out of your Aeropress. I hope that you take time also to look at some of the other brewing guides that we've done. My name is Steve Layton and remember, life is too short for bad coffee. I could win this Aeropress competition. I should have entered. Why haven't I entered? I'm probably not allowed to. Anyway, let's go into the coffee. So uh, let's dive in. And all the things that we found in the cup in with Roland are here in the cup. So spicy orange, thick syrupy mouthfeel, blackberries, and a beautiful grapefruit acidity on the finish. I really love that pithiness and the dryness. Um, so before we finish, i really like to show you a bit of video of producers. So we're going to cut some video of Dr. Maresh and Eliane, who are both telling us a story about Limoncillo, with some subtitles because the sound was so bad. Tell us a little bit about the farm. So how long has the farm been in the family for? Uh, more or less about 20 years. Okay. 30 years. It was wild, right? We can improve it. And uh, this is the farm that we have found the most exotic variety, uh, like the Java. It's something that everybody knows. But we have identified the Javanica and the Havacatu. And it's the, the, the same family, but uh, the production of the Havacatu is higher, the yield is higher. Yellow Pacamara? No. Oh, the yellow Pacamara. <sighs> oh dear. We cooked the yellow Pacamara yesterday and I literally picked up the cupping bowl at the end and took it and drank it. It's just <laughs> phenomenal. Like, and that was found on the farm here. Um, and just amazing, like, unique varietals. Um, what altitude are we at here in the farm? What, what, what? Okay, so those Which for Nicaragua is actually relatively high, isn't it? You know, Nicaragua, the most you tend to find is around about 13, 14 with coffee production. And that's because it gets quite 
cold and wet here as well, doesn't it? As we can see, this isn't just waterfall spray around us. It's like being in Stafford. Like the weather was, was raining as we came up. I was like, I, I don't come to Central America for rain. <laughs> <laughs> um, and how big is the farm? 230 uh, manzanas. Uh, Which is around about 170 hectares, something like that. Is that right? So, it's huge. It's like, I, I've just come from El Salvador where you know, it's like 20 manzanas, and then you come somewhere like this, and it's so, so big. You see, something that is very nice here is that it's well defined, different plateaus, different levels of the farm. We have varieties that are good for 950 meters, we have for a thousand meters, then we have a variety that are well done, 1200 meters. And this is the thing that comes from the experimentation is you find out what varietals work at those different altitudes. So um, I want to talk a little bit about the social aspect of it because on the farm in Nicaragua it's very typical for people who work here to live on the farm, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I think you guys have done something a little bit special with the people who, who do live on here. So what, 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 if I come to work on Limoncillo, what, what, what can I get? What can I expect? Okay. Uh, we know that uh, the guys that come to work, they are really the ones that uh, get the, the, the crop. And uh, we, we have to give them back something. Uh, we provide, for instance, uh, families that cannot live with his kids in the city. They bring the kids and we provide them a place where to keep the kids. We provide them, uh, we feed the, the, the kids and we have teachers that are, are with the kids during the labor day, the labor hour. The kids are welcome. So there's a, there's a school here and if the children live on the farm as well, they'll go to that school. Right. Um, and, and a daycare, a school, a health clinic, a country store. The grocery store and you can see no, it's so close to the farm. Yeah. We, we, we provide the same price as in the city. Okay. And, and um, say if I get sick, can I get some help with health care? We also have the hydro that makes it. It's the electricity with the hydro. So everybody, everybody gets electricity. All coming from these waterfalls, seven within the farm, so like uh, the power, which is very unusual for a farm to find running water and electricity too, isn't it? Right. We learned about Peabreeze, we learned about Dr. And Eli Dr. Maresh and Eliane, uh, we learned that life is too short for bad coffee. They tend to be more dense as well. I don't...